0: call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
4: Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and with your prayer requests. We would love to pray for you. Hopefully, we can answer some of those questions you have about the scriptures and the Bible. Maybe you want to know how does the Bible speak into this particular situation that you're facing or going through in your life right now. We'd love to pray that through with you, and we'd love to talk that through with you from the scriptures. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. The vision behind this show, the whole idea, is to give you a place an opportunity where you can call in to pastors who are standing by waiting for your calls live on the air every weekday for one hour. And during that time, you can call in with your questions and your prayer requests. Uh, there are a lot of people tuning in ready to pray with you and say yes and amen along with your prayer requests. Lift them up to the Lord alongside you. And also, you know, we're here to answer your Bible questions. So maybe there's that part of the Bible that you've never understood or that that word or phrase or concept or how does this bible verse fit with that other bible verse um, we'd love to talk with those, talk about you with those or talk to you or talk with you about those questions so i'm getting tongue tied here uh, thanks for bearing with me but yeah give us a call 303-690-3000 that's 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-08 97. Hey, I want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming here on Grace FM. You're hearing the show live today. It is a Friday, June 18th. So glad to be with you on this beautiful day. It's been a hot week here in Colorado, and hopefully we'll have some reprieve from that soon. But we also want to greet those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those of you who are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. We're so glad to have you with us. Um, Those of you who are listening here on Grace FM and those of you who are listening online, you're hearing the show live today. But those of you who are listening on the East Coast, the area around Tennessee, we just want to give you a reminder that you hear the show on a one-week delay. Now, that's not a problem. In fact, it can be an awesome opportunity for you where you can call in, be part of the show, and then tell friends and family to tune in a week later to hear you on the radio. And that can be a way for you to introduce them to Hope FM or to Truth FM, the station that you listen to. And maybe that'll get them tuning in daily, weekly to this program and to other, other Bible teaching programs on those stations. And it can be a way that God can transform their life as they hear the living word of God in their, in their, uh, AirPods, and as they listen to it in their cars, however they listen to it, you know God's word. When it goes out, it uh, it accomplishes that which He intends it to accomplish. It's living and active, and we want to get it in people's ears so that it can affect their hearts. So we want to encourage you, whether you're listening on delay or whether you're listening live, or whether you're listening on the East Coast or in Appalachia on Hope FM, Truth FM, or here along the Front Range of the Rockies, tell somebody about this not only this show, but this station that you listen on. And let's get more and more people listening to the Word of God over the airwaves. We also want to give a big hello specifically to those of you who listen online, whether you're listening on the mobile app, on your uh, tablet device, or if you're listening on your phone, whether you're listening, maybe you're listening on your computer, you can listen right in your browser at gracefm.com. There's a great Grace FM app that you can get anywhere in the world, and we do have listeners like today. I think we have a listener from Hareborn, Germany, or Hesse, Germany, and uh, some listeners often from other parts of the world. And we're so glad that we're able to reach people all over the world. And the way that we're able to do that is through the internet. And there's a great app that you can get, smartphone app, where you can listen to this. There's also some other features in that app that you might benefit from, Bible reading features, prayer request features, etc. So go get that Grace FM app. Just type in Grace FM as one word, no spaces, into your App Store or Google Play Store. It'll come right up, totally free. Put it on your device, and you'll be all set to go. And uh, today, I saw a map. We had people listening. What I think is so cool about this is the people who listen online, we have a whole different audience, right, of people who are outside of our local broadcast range. Like, uh, It looks like we, we frequently have a lot of listeners in the Bay Area of California, as well as in Southern California, into Texas like Dallas area, down into southern Texas as well, Wichita representing Kansas City, Chicago. So we're so glad to have you tuning in wherever you're tuning in from today. This is, again, is the show where you call in with your prayer requests and your Bible questions, the number to call 303-690-3000, or you can text us 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself, and then we'll get to our first callers. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm your host every Friday here on Calvary Live. A few few things about myself. I am the pastor, like I said, Whitefields Community Church. I also have a have a bachelor's in biblical studies and a master master of arts in uh, integrated theology. So I've done some of, of that academic theology stuff, but I'm also a pastor, and I love. Uh, just bring in the, the Word of God and theology down to the level where everybody can can get, as my friends like to say, putting the cookies on the shelf where the kids can reach them. And our church, we'd love to have you come and worship with us at the church that I pastor. We have three services on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. Uh, 8 a.m. service is a family service. Nine and 11, 9.30 and 11 a.m. services have full children's ministry. And we also live stream our services at 9.30 and 11 on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, as well as on our Facebook and YouTube. So we would love to have you uh, join us. If you're within driving distance of Longmont, come join us in person. We'd love to have you, 8 a.m., 9.30 and 11. Our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. That's 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. Really conveniently located right on Highway 119. And so from Highway 119, which is the main highway off of I-25 into Longmont, you can see us. We're just on the north side of of the highway there. And we are directly opposite Sandstone Ranch Community Park, which is the big sports complex here on the east side of Longmont. And we are right in between I-25 and County Line Road, uh, closer to County Line Road. So we're actually in Longmont proper, but we're really close to I-25, close to County Line Road. Uh, which means that we're really accessible for those of you who might be coming from surrounding communities, whether it's like, um, let's say, Lyons, Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Berthid, Erie, um, Lafayette. We we have a lot of people who come from North Boulder and Niwot in those areas as well. So we'd love to have you join us if you're within driving distance. Well, we have uh, quite a number of people coming from uh, the I-25 corridor as well, Johnstown and And the like so we'd love to have you come and join us and be part of what god's doing here at Whitefields. it's been an exciting season of growth for us Um, we're excited about what god's doing and this sunday is father's day we're currently in a series in which we are studying about the person and the work of the holy spirit called the spirit filled life and this sunday we're going to be doing a deep dive on the gifts of the spirit which i'm really excited about but also it's father's day this sunday and we're going to have a food truck here in our parking lot. This is kind of a cool thing we've been doing lately, where we invite a food truck. Maybe it's a coffee truck. We've had ice cream trucks. This time, it's a place called Johnny's of Longmont. They're like a hot dog uh, truck, and they're going to come out, park their truck in our parking lot, and we're going to give vouchers to all the men who come this Sunday. So this is a good time to bring a friend, bring your dad. Dads, bring your kids. Um, maybe bring somebody else's dad and uh, let them have, uh, you know, hear the Word of God, speak to them, and then Get some free food on us, and um, and anything you want beyond that, you know, you'll have the food truck here, so you don't have to go far for lunch. So we'd love to have you come and make a day of it here at Whitefields for uh, Father's Day. You can get directions, all that good information about our church and where we're at, what we're about on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our first caller, Nicholas in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Nicholas. Welcome to the program.
5: Hey, how's it going?
4: Going awesome. What's up?
5: Uh well, I just feel a bit of confusion on the Holy day of the Sabbath. you know, just wanna know what the is what what is the uh confirmed date of the holy day of the Sabbath Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday how churches worship on Sunday, or is it you know you work six days and then on your seventh day you you know you is your day of rest you know like God created the heavens and earth in six days and on the seventh day you rested. So do we work six days and our seventh day, is it? if it falls on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, is that, you know, consider the holy day of the Sabbath, is that, you know, I I, I don't know, I'm, I'm confused about this.
4: Sure. Yeah. You know, I remember the first time, I remember asking that exact same question uh, when I was a, a young Christian. I was, I was uh, working like as an intern in a church, and I remember asking the assistant pastor that exact question, and the answer he gave me um, was not only very good, but it, it set me on a path that really shaping the way that I understood the Bible and in the right way. And so here's the answer, okay? The Sabbath is fulfilled in Jesus. Read Hebrews chapter 4. Read, read the end of Hebrews chapter 4. Well, actually the whole chapter. And here's what you're going to see. What the author is saying is that Jesus is the fulfillment of every Old Testament law and ritual and practice. All of them were shadows pointing forward to Jesus, and they find their fulfillment in Jesus. And Paul says this exact thing in Colossians chapter 2. He says, everything that came before were shadows, but now in Christ the substance has come. And what that means when it comes to the Sabbath is that the whole point of the Sabbath was to point us forward to a fundamental truth. And that is that all of us need rest. God himself modeled rest for us. He didn't rest because he needed a break. He rested because, why? Well, he was pointing us forward to something. He was giving us a bread trail, if you will, you know, trail of breadcrumbs that would lead us somewhere. So if we only focus on the shadow and we don't let the shadow lead us to the substance, then we're missing the point. Think about it like this. Let's say I go on a trip and I come back home and as I'm walking up the walkway to my house, you know, my wife comes out and she, uh, she's holding a picture of me and she's just like so obsessed with this picture and she's just like kissing it and hugging this picture. She's really into this picture and I'm like, Hey, wait a second. I mean, that picture was great while I was away traveling, but now that I'm here, maybe put the picture away and hug me, right? And that's kind of what it's like when we focus too much on the pictures, which were meant to point us to the substance in Christ rather than focusing on Christ himself. Now, here's how that comes about with the Sabbath. What is the true Sabbath? The true Sabbath is found in Jesus, where, as Hebrews 4 tells us, in him we have rest from our labors of trying to do what? Trying to justify ourselves before God, trying to earn God's acceptance in Christ, we are justified because of what he did, and we are accepted because of him. Now, that doesn't mean that we cast out the principle of the Sabbath, Sabbath, okay? So there is what we would call a Sabbath principle, which says this, that while the law has been fulfilled in Jesus, that doesn't mean that there was not wisdom in the practice of taking a day off every week. I think the thing that a lot of people miss about the whole Sabbath principle is that if you were a slave in Egypt, you never had a day off in your life. And then God tells you, you know, pulls you out of Egypt and says, okay, here's one of my commandments. Every day you have to take a day off. You'd be like, this is the best commandment I've ever heard of in my life, right? Like take a day off is amazing. Thank you, Lord. They wouldn't have been like, oh man, what are all the rules that I can't do things on the Sabbath? They would have been like, you mean there's a day when I can just chill out and not have to feel guilty about it? and I can just focus on the Lord and my family, what a good God. Okay, so the Sabbath principle is good. We should follow it. I always tell people on my uh, staff here at church, I always tell them, hey, the devil doesn't take a day off, but you don't want to model your life after him, do you? Right? Like, right. How, how about we be like God who actually took a day off, right? So right. Um, so to answer your point, which day is the Sabbath? Well, here's the deal. We worship and we rest every single day now because of Jesus. And yet, it's just wise for us to take a day off. And I don't think it matters what day that is. Now, I'll I'll, I'll just address one more thing, and that's this. Why do Christians worship on Sunday? Now, a lot of people are under this misconception that for Christians, Sunday has usurped the Jewish Saturday or Sabbath as the new Christian Sabbath. That's not actually how it works. The reason Christians worshiped on Sunday was not because Sunday was a day off. Remember that in the Roman Empire, they didn't have days off. They only actually started getting Sunday off in the time of Constantine. So Sunday was a work day. It'd be like if you had a Thursday, right? Like, and what did they do? Before work, before the sun came up, they would gather for worship and communion. And then they would gather again in the evening for Bible study and the, the doctrine and the fellowship meal. And that, that was a full work day, you know? And so they would gather, but the reason they gathered on Sunday was not to usurp Saturday. It was rather because that was the day when Jesus resurrected and they were people of the resurrection. And one last one last thought on this is this. There's this other concept which says this. The first day of the week in the Jewish mind, and also we do it here in the United States, is Sunday, which means that we work for six days, right? And then Saturday is the seventh day. So think about this. What does that make Sunday? It makes it the eighth day or back to number one. And so there's a symbolism here, which says this. It's the day of new beginnings. It's the new day that has dawned. And so that's why we celebrate on the new day, right? So anyway, those are my thoughts on the Sabbath.
5: It makes sense. Yeah. I thank you. I really do appreciate it.
4: Yeah, my pleasure. I love that topic, and and I appreciate the question.
5: Yes, thank you so much, Nick. I, I really do appreciate you. God bless, man.
4: Have a great day. All right, bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts live on the air, your questions about the Bible, your prayer requests. Give me a call. We have one open line now that Nicholas in Aurora has uh, dropped off, and that number to call is 303-690-3000, 303 303- or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Shane in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Shane. Welcome to the program. Shane, are you here with us? All right, Shane, I I do see your question. So if you stepped away from the phone for a second, I know that you're on hold for a while and appreciate you holding. Your question was, Can I recommend a good Bible translation that puts things in layman's terms? Shane, my number one recommendation for you is going to be the ESV Bible. That's the English Standard Version. Uh, That's the one that I use. I do think it does a great job of staying faithful to the text, the original text, without paraphrasing, which the problem when you get into paraphrasing is that you You get into this whole thing where you're actually becoming a commentary rather than a translation of the Bible. And so what we want to do is we want a faithful translation that also puts things in words that we can understand. And so I would say the ESV and the NIV. Now, a lot of people out there might be surprised to hear me say NIV because uh, you might have heard, you know, bad things about the NIV, that it's... um, the nearly inspired version. Some people call it that, you know, instead of the new international version. But I I actually used to assume that the NIV was a subpar translation. And there was a 2011 version of the NIV that was put out, which by the way, has since been recalled by the publisher. And that's important because it means that people, you know, people had kind of a bit of an outcry and said, Hey, what is, what is this new translation? You know, you've changed some things that really, you took some liberties you shouldn't have taken. And the publisher, to their credit, um, took that one off the shelves and put back the older NIV translation, which was made in 1984. And that one's actually very faithful and very literal. And actually, I had to do a class on um, biblical Bible translations and um, ancient Greek when I was in seminary. And what we did is we had to translate first John from Greek into English, make our own translation and then compare different English translations. And one of the ones I compared with, I compared the uh, new King James, the NIV and the uh, NASB, which is a more, more like very, very literal, sometimes to the, to the point of being difficult to, to read. And here's what I found. I found that the NIV was actually a more literal translation than the New King James in almost every case. Now, there are some cases where I actually prefer the New King James over the NIV, but I say, to your question, a faithful Bible translation in layman's terms, my number one choice is going to be ESV. My number two for you would be the NIV. I would say stay away from the message and stay away from the NLT. Now, that some of you out there might say, hey, I love the NLT. Uh, I'm glad that you read it because here's the deal: the best translation of the Bible is the one that you're going to read. Um, but I do think the NLT takes a little bit too much liberty, personally, uh, based on uh, my understanding. So that's my answer to your question, Shane, about Bible translations. For any of you out there who are interested, I did write a series of articles on my website on the topic of Bible translation, how it works, and explaining my thought process about the uh, about first of all, how Bible translation works. Secondly, about the NIV and that whole thing I mentioned about the 2011 getting recalled and all that. And I also wrote one about the King James and the New King James. And if you'd like to read those articles, they're available on my website. I can also text you links to them. If you text the show and just say, send me the Bible translation articles, then I will text them to you. And the number to text is 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. If you text that number and just tell me, hey, send me the links to the articles, I'll send them to you and you can read them for yourself and give you a little bit more detail on this topic. So text me at 720-336-0897, or you can just go over to my website, which is nickkd.org. That's n i c k c a d y yorg And there you can just type in the search bar, If you're looking on your phone, the search bar, you have to scroll all the way to the bottom almost to find the search bar, but just type in Bible translations and you should be able to find those articles pretty easily. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Number to call 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Cindy in New Jersey. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the program.
2: Hello. How are you?
4: I'm doing great. What can I do for you?
2: Oh, God, my life is just falling apart. I Mm -hmm. just don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how the Bible, uh, where to go in the Bible to help me with what I'm going through. My husband is, I've been together with for 37 years, and he's, I don't know, he's just going through stuff. One day he loves me, next day he hates me, one day he loves me, next day he wants a divorce. Constantly accusing me of stuff that I don't do. He's injured, he can't work anymore. It's he's just all over the place, and I don't know how to deal with it. And I don't know how to guide him into where to even, and to, to look in himself Mm. i mean we're both christians so i don't feel like he is embracing god i don't feel like he's following his ways i feel like i feel like a Satan has them and i just don't know what to do about it
4: yeah i appreciate you calling in cindy you know because i think the first step in making progress in these things is for you to reach out and ask for help so Hey, I just want to say kudos to you, because I know it takes a little bit of courage to call in and ask these kinds of questions. So thanks for doing that. Uh, The next thing I'll tell you is that, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of like somebody who is like really unhealthy, and then they would say, like, what do I need to eat in order to be healthy? And my advice would be that this is what it comes to with the Bible, I am going to give you one or two places to go in the Bible to start, but I also don't think that there's like going to be a Bible verse that you'll read or your husband will read that will just kind of fix all the problems. Rather, I think what needs to happen is there needs to be a steady diet of the scriptures in your life. A steady diet of the scriptures in your life. I think what it sounds like you need more than anything are new rhythms in your life that are going to help you and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, lately I've been teaching a few different things, and, and one of the things I taught about was walking in the Spirit. And I love whenever I read that word, walk, in the Bible, because it harkens back to the Old Testament, you know, where it says that Abraham walked with God, that Noah walked with God, that other people walked with God. Uh, we read also, like in the New Testament, about walking in the Spirit as opposed to walking in the flesh. So this idea of walking is a really important biblical metaphor. and the whole point of the metaphor, if you think about it, think about walking. What do you do when you walk? You're taking very small steps. Now if you only took one step, you'd basically be in the same place where you are right now. But here's the power of walking, is that if you just keep taking little steps over and over, consistently over time, pretty soon you can walk all the way across the country. You can climb a mountain, you can walk across the world. You know, and so that's the power of walking is that these little steps done consistently can take you really far distances if you keep doing them consistently. And this would be my advice to you guys is that um, I think that start walking and do it consistently. And those steps are taking you towards something and they're taking you away from other things. So what are those new rhythms that you need to build into your life? So, number one, I would ask you, do you have a church that you belong to?
2: The one right now. He, I can't get him to do anything. He's mm. someone who does to even socialize with people. He do not want anything to do with people. He thinks everybody's against him. He's got a lot of paranoia going on about him. Mm. It, it, it's getting worse. I, I can't get him to talk to anybody.
4: Wow. Okay. You know, I think the best remedy for that is to actually get him back socializing. And I realize what you're saying is it's really hard to get him socializing, but I think that, you know, the remedy for ha- becoming paranoid about people is to actually be with people. And so, and depression, by the way, depression, um, often manifests itself in isolation. So the fact that he's wanting to isolate, it's not a good thing, but it's also a, per- mm-hmm. a self-perpetuating thing where, because he's depressed, he'll isolate. And because he's isolated, he's he's going to be depressed. And it just spir- right. spirals down. Is he willing to listen to Christian radio? Is he, is he willing to go to Do church and sit in the back row?
2: Because I keep it on in my vehicle all the time. So I listen going to work, coming home from work, just driving around. I listen to it a lot. I watch it on TV. So I try, you know, he'll listen if it's in my vehicle. If it's turned on, he'll listen to it. Um, if he sees me watching it, he'll watch it for a couple minutes and then he'll decide, Well, I didn't like that guy or whatever. Like,
4: whatever. yeah, right. Well, I'm, I was just, I still really believe that rhythms are going to be really important little steps, you know, find the step that he's willing to take and then find the next step and keep taking those steps because you're taking steps towards something and away from other things. So, I say, Let's pray for him right now, and I really would encourage you as. To do what you can to get him number one here in the word, number two reading the word, number three being in church, um, and being around people. You know, we we can't be the body of Christ. You can't be a body all by yourself. A body has parts, and we we need the other parts of the body. And so, let's go ahead and pray for him, Heavenly Father. We pray for Cindy's husband, and we pray for Cindy. Give her a lot of wisdom, Lord. She needs to know what to do and how to help her husband. She needs a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge from you by your spirit right now. And Lord, I pray that you would help her, that she would know how to minister effectively to her husband, and that he would be receptive to it. I pray that they would find a church that he's willing to go to. I pray, Lord, you would work in his heart, that even if he hears something he doesn't like, Lord, if it's scriptural, Lord, that he would receive it. And so, Lord, we ask for a breakthrough in his heart and his mind, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Cindy. I got to let you go because we come up on our break. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is our mid show break. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a call and we'll get you on right after the break. Welcome
0: back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303 690 3000 or text us at 720 336 0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
4: Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We've had a great show so far, a lot of great calls and questions, and we've got one open line right now. So give us a call if you'd like to get on 303-690-3000. Call us with your questions about the Bible. Call us with situations in life that you're wondering about. How does the Bible speak to it? Call us with your prayer requests, 303-690-3000. looks like our line's actually just filled up. So uh, keep this number on hand. And then when you hear somebody drop, just uh, you can immediately call in. We'll get you on, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Ben in Littleton Colorado hey Ben welcome to the program
1: hey how you doing
4: I'm doing great
1: good good so I, I I had a question about Babylon number one but one thing that I wanted to that kind of correlates with it is I remember reading in the Bible and I gotta I got to go back and read more to, to get freshen up but in the Bible it I forget what book it was but they talked about a uh, in a verse where they're going to throw their money out the window and it's going to be no good. Mm. Uh, So my first question, does that correlate with what's going on right now with them trying to uh, do the uh, great reset and go take numbers digital? And secondly,
4: is America Babylon? Is America Babylon. Um, So to answer your question about America's Babylon and, and to speak of that verse, I am pretty sure it's not a prophecy about, this, uh, current, you know, digitalization of currency, et cetera, which, which actually isn't going very well. Just, I think anybody out there who's holding any digital currency right now could tell you that, um, it's not, not doing well right now. And, um, it it might change in the future. We'll see where all that goes. Um, but I think that that was actually speaking to a particular situation at that time. Uh, but to answer your question, is America Babylon? In one sense, yes. In another sense, uh, not only America is Babylon. Here's what I mean. In Revelation, Babylon speaks of a world system. It's not necessarily one particular country. Um, for example, in Peter's writings in Second uh, Peter, he greets the believers, and he greets them from Babylon. He says, those in Babylon greet you. And he's speaking about Rome, and he makes that very clear. Um, So Babylon is this concept that kind of shifts throughout the Bible, right? Like Babel, even before Babylon existed, Babel was the place where people had tried to build a tower that would reach to heaven in order to protect themselves from God's judgment, basically in order to save themselves from God as opposed to turning to God for salvation and to make a name for themselves apart from God. And that was where God... um, foiled their plans, of course, by mixing up their languages. Fast forward, we find Babylon is this place that is the opposite of Jerusalem. It stands for everything, which is the opposite of what God wants in the world. And the people of God, the Jewish people, find themselves in Babylon in exile. Now, that's a historical reality. It's a historical fact that that took place. But the New Testament church took hold of that, and they said, you know what? That's just like us now. In a sense, we who live in the Roman Empire are just like the Jewish exiles who lived in Babylon. We are a minority people, the people of God, and we're ruled over. We live in the midst of a culture, a nation that is diametrically opposed to the things of God. And so, so what does um, Babylon represent? It represents the kingdoms of this world. And so whether that is the United States, I would say it aligns more with, with things within the United States, right? Things like uh, Hollywood, things like uh, parts of the United States that are truly diametrically opposed to the things of God. Now, that, But it's also true of the West in general, right? Meaning like Western Europe, the United States, Australia, these places, and in the ways that these are opposed to God. But you know what? For believers who lived in the Soviet Union— that that was Babylon for them. It was a it was an empire that was opposed to God. And same for China right now. For Iran, these represent the concept of Babylon and the people of God in exile in these places. And we're called. Peter tells us in chapter one of First Peter, he calls us, "You are elect exiles, chosen by God." And yet this world is not your home. You live in the midst of kingdoms and nations under rulers who are diametrically opposed to God, and yet the challenge for us is to live faithfully as the people of God, even though the system in the country that we live in is opposed to the things of God. And so, uh, is it America? Um, I would say, yes, in some cases it absolutely is, and in other cases it's not just America, if that helps make sense. And so what we see in Revelation, when we see Babylon overthrown, what it's talking about is that the kingdoms of this world, in fact, it even says that directly in a revelation 13, it says the, the people praising God, they say the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and he will reign forever and ever. Right? Like handle that's the, that's the big line in Handel's Messiah. If you remember, you know, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and he will reign forever and ever. That is the, the cry, the shout, the victory cry of the book of revelation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that's a lot to it then. Yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, uh, yes. And not just yes, I guess would be my answer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's just interesting how the, how the economy is going and they're trying to push the numbers, you know, it just makes me think of that verse. They'll throw their money out cause it's no good. and, mm. and uh, it just seems like, uh, they're definitely trying to wreck everything to go to that. So just it's just possible. All right, I, I, I,
4: I'll tell you this. Um, this isn't, again, like, like I'm saying, yes, but not only yes, right? It, I lived in Eastern Europe in the early 2000s. There was a war going on in Serbia at the time, in Kosovo. I don't know if you remember this, but it was just to the south of us. We were in Hungary, and there was a war in Serbia. And the Serbian dinar, which is their currency, got so devalued that it was cheaper to wallpaper your walls with money than it was to buy wallpaper. Like to buy bread, you had to like take a wheelbarrow full of, full of money. And so that this, like I said, yes, is it America? Could be, but it's not just America, right? There are times when, when God brings, allows these temporal judgments and some of the result of that is that money is worthless at some points. So.
1: Yeah. Hey, man, I appreciate the the, uh, the answers, man. I appreciate it.
4: Cool. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. You, you
1: right. too. Thanks.
4: Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church, Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. With the end of that call, we have one open line. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to our next caller, Corey in Colorado Springs. Hi, Corey. Welcome to the program.
1: Hi. Can you hear me? Hi.
4: I can. What's up?
1: Oh, uh, I, was, I had a question. Um, I guess it was
3: um, Paul, I believe, in the beginning of his letters to the Romans, he introduces himself as a slave of Christ, um, and I hear a lot of terms go out more of like a servant, and I was just wondering, like, how does that apply to me as a Christian when
1: Paul says he's a slave of Christ? I mean, I'm kind of a little confused on what he's trying to say. Like,
4: yeah, no, great question. I taught a sermon on this. It's one of my favorite sermons that I ever taught, and um, I actually got invited to speak at an African American church, and uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a white guy, and I spoke at this African American church here in Colorado, where the the whole congregation is African American, and I ended up spe- I I had chosen to speak on that text, and I hadn't thought in my mind that that actually is this a good thing or not. And you know, what's funny is that. They absolutely loved it, you know? So it, I I realized it, it might have been an awkward thing to talk about, but because I was teaching the Bible, it, it ended up being uh, really, really positive. Okay, so you mentioned Paul calls himself a slave of price or also known as a bond servant or bond slave. Uh, sometimes just translates slave, but I think that making it clear that the slave word that's used there That that can be a really confusing word for us just because of what we think of when we think of slavery in the United States because of our history of it. Now, there were a lot of slaves in the Roman Empire. There were a lot of slaves in the ancient world. But generally, in the ancient world, slavery was different than what we have in in a few ways. One is what we had in North America is called chattel slavery. It was basically based on people who had been kidnapped and forced into forced labor, and it was based on race. Um, Slavery in the ancient world was sometimes based on race uh, and sometimes based on kidnapping. But actually, the New Testament um, condemns kidnapping and forced labor based on kidnapping and things like that. The slavery that was common in the ancient world, especially at the time of the Bible, was more like what we call indentured servitude, which means that it wasn't based on race. It was actually based on income and poverty. And in some cases, it was better to be a slave than it was to be not a slave, and the the reason was because as a slave, you would have your basic needs for life taken care of. So you'd have a bed to sleep in, you'd have food, not just for yourself, but for your family. So it's actually really common for people to sell themselves into slavery. And to understand this passage, you have to understand the law of Moses, and specifically understand the first two or three verses of Exodus chapter 22. So I would recommend that you go read Exodus 22. And I'm going to make sure, maybe it's actually Exodus 21. Let me just check real quick. Sorry, Exodus 21. And it's actually the first six verses. So go and read the first six verses of Exodus 21. And I taught a message on this. And if anybody's interested, I'd love to send that message to you. You can text the show and I'll I'll text you a link, 720-336-0897. Message was called uh, Slave but free or something like that. Um, But it was, it was a message on this topic. And right there in Exodus 21 verses one through six, you have the law of the slave. And here was the deal the the Israelites were given a rule when you buy a Hebrew slave. Now you might wonder, wait, wait, why would you buy a Hebrew slave? Well, here's why, because people would literally sell themselves into slavery if they were in poverty or if they were in debt, they didn't have a social safety net in the same, that we, same way that we do, right? To be poor was very precarious, very dangerous. And so one of the ways you could take care of poverty is that there would be people who had more money. You could sell yourself and become a servant or a slave, but it says in this passage, you were only allowed to hold that person for six years. So it wasn't for the whole life it for six years in the seventh year, you had to let them go for free. But then it says, but what if somebody didn't want to go free? Because, and here's why, because let's say they have nothing to go to. They've been a slave and maybe you've been a really good master, right? You've actually been more like a a good employer would be to a good employee. And they say, I don't want to go free. This is where I've been living. You know, my, my family's here with me and you take good care of us and you're a good master. Well, it said in that case, that person can become a bond slave. And what they would do is, he says, um, and here's what it says, if the slave plainly says, I love my master, I will not go free, then his master shall bring him to God and bring him to the door or the doorpost, and he shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall be his slave forever. It's a slave by choice. And Paul's saying that's a perfect picture of what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian is that we have been granted our freedom, right? We're like prisoners, And we've been granted our freedom because Jesus took our place in judgment. The handcuffs were removed from us. They were put on him. He took the judgment. He was executed in our place so that we could go free. But then rather than just walking away free, we look to God and we say, God, if you love me this much, that you would do this for me, that you would care for me every day of my life, that you would hear my prayers, that you would give your life to set my soul free, where else can I go? You you alone have the words of eternal life. I don't want to leave. And then God say, okay, come here and I'll make you my slave forever. But not because you have to, it's because you want to. And that's exactly what Paul's saying. So what is the application for you and me? Well, you know, I don't know if we have a similar thing in our day and age that be like that, but we can certainly understand the concept that we've been set free. And yet from our freedom, we knowingly, purposefully choose to give our lives to the Lord.
3: That is, like, awesome. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to open up the book of Exodus now.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Exodus 21, 1 through 6.
3: Yeah, thank you so much, and God bless.
4: Cool. Thanks for calling in, Corey. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. I just got a message from somebody. And so that message was actually called How to Be a Slave. And um, actually, I think I taught two messages on that. Um, Yeah, How to Be a Slave. And August um, 5th, I taught that, 2018. And so, yeah, uh, if you're interested, you can just go to our website. I think there's also a few other uh, times I've taught on that passage, specifically in Exodus. We had a series called Be Set Free, um, and I taught a passage on that in the series we did on Exodus. So if you're browsing our church's website whitefieldschurch.com, whitefieldschurch.com, click on the messages, find the series about Exodus called Be Set Free and look for the one about slavery in Exodus 21. Um, it was one of my favorite messages that I've I've taught in the last few years, so I definitely would recommend it. Hey, give us a call with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests 303-690-3000, that's 303 303- 690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Steve in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the program.
3: Hi, Pastor Nick. Thanks a lot. Uh, I was calling to ask about your impression of the translation of woe in the in the book of Revelation of John. Okay. And, or, excuse me, Revelation of Jesus from John. <laughs> and... Uh, what the woe actually means to us and how it can apply to our lives. And I also thought it was real interesting what you were talking about, master-slave relationship uh, with the last caller and uh, the relationship between brothers and their families, uh, uh, one being the the family being the slaves of the other because one walked with God and the other. But first of all, please.
4: Okay, sure. Um, so yeah, woe, you know, this is also a word that's used in the old testament. It is used by Jesus. You know, we on our last trip to Israel we got to go to this place called Chorazim That's Jesus mentions this place. You know, he says, Woe to you, Chorazim, if the works which had been done in you had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. You know, and he says it'll be easier for the the people of Nineveh or people, I forget exactly what he says. I have to go look it up. But he says, you know, it'll be easier for other people on the day of judgment than it will be for you because of the things that you've seen. So he says, woe to you, Chorazim, woe to you. He mentions another town as well. But the, the point is, what is a woe? Well, it's a, it's a warning. And in, in what it means, it means grief. It means anguish. It means affliction. It means woe to you. It means there's a time coming. It's a warning. But along with the woe, it's so interesting because if it was just, hey, um, I feel bad for you because bad things are going to happen to you, then that's not actually all that a woe is. A woe is also referring to an opportunity for repentance in some cases, right? Like when Jesus's case, it's woe to you, Chorazim, you need to repent. Um, and, and in the case of like, let's say Isaiah, the first couple chapters, he keeps saying woe to you, to Judah and to Israel because of the ways that they're walking away from the Lord. Woe to you. And then he says, woe to you to the surrounding nations because of their sins and warning them that judgment is coming. And then finally he says um, in chapter six, when he gets a vision of God, I think this is so interesting rather than just saying, woe to you. He says, woe is me. I am undone. You know, I think it's really easy to say woe to you, to other people. But when we get a true vision of God, we say, woe is me. You know, I am undone. So all that to say, there in Revelation, you know, what is he doing? He is predicting a time of great anguish and affliction for those who have pledged their allegiance uh, to the Antichrist during the end times.
3: That's wonderful. Well, not that's not that. explanation. Thank you.
4: Yeah, my pleasure. So what was, what was your other question, though? I'm curious.
3: Well, I was just, uh, I think relationship also showed up in early Old Testament. Mm. One brother was not uh, walking well with God and did not do things that were pleasing to God. And so one brother would become the master of the other, and their families would actually become uh, or assume a slave-master relationship because of the uh, the behavior of the father.
4: Mm-hmm yeah no, that is really interesting. and And you know what is also so interesting to me is that it was so the way that Israel was set up is so interesting, isn't it that like there was this system where if you messed up, right, you you could end up in slavery. and if you messed up, you could lose your land that was given to you, but every seven years, the slaves were set free, and every 49 years, you know, you had the year of jubilee. In which all the land, it was like a big reset. Everybody would get their land back, even if they had messed up, and everybody got like a do over. And you just see the grace of God in that, don't you? Like that God would let people, on the one hand, experience the natural consequences of making bad decisions or making godly decisions. But on the other hand, He also gave them the opportunity to have a reset. And you can imagine how that must have changed prices, you know, in Israel, in the, in the, uh, real estate market right if you knew that okay this there's going to be a year of jubilee coming up in three years well then that means that the price of this land is going to be less because pretty soon it's going to go back to its original owner and we're going to have a big start over i i think that's just really really interesting i'm not sure how we apply that but i i feel like there's there's got to be something in there for us to apply
3: definitely definitely and i'm with you i don't know how to apply it either but, uh, and it may be different tomorrow than it is today.
4: Mm. True. Hey, yeah. th- thanks for calling in. Great. Great well, talking thank with you. you.
3: Too. And God bless you. And we'll talk again sometime. God bless.
4: Hope so. God bless. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening Bye-bye. to Calvary live. This is pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields community church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got eight minutes left in the show. It's been a really good show. Lots of calls today. Uh, really good calls as well. Uh, We've probably got time for at least one more. So if you're out there and you're like, okay, I'll have the last call of the day, give us a call, 303 690 3000. That's 303 690 3000. Or text us, 720 336 0897. Let's go to Betty Jane in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Hi, Betty Jane. Welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great.
2: Um wanted to ask you if you could explain to me who wrote the book of
4: psalms besides david um and ha- how do we know that mm-hmm. some of the psalms actually say that they're written by somebody other than david i'm actually looking for my list here as soon as i find okay. it i'll tell you more um so majority of the psalms written by david how do we know that well on the one hand, some of the Psalms line up very, very clearly with events that took place in um, the, the books of First and Second Samuel, and so it's really easy to correlate them with the life of David. On the other hand, we right. just, we're just going based on tradition. So, you know, tradition, we take it for what it's worth, that this is what people always understood is that these were written by David, they seem to line up with his life, um, and we have really no other reason to doubt that. So, right. Uh, so we see that the, yeah, here's the is this guy. This is the guy I was looking for. Asaph wrote some psalms, and those are listed in the titles as Psalms of Asaph. Um, again, that's tradition. That's not necessarily, you know, gospel truth, but we we believe it is. So here are the other authors of the Book of Psalms. Uh, the sons of Korah wrote eleven psalms. Asaph wrote 12 psalms. Solomon wrote probably two psalms. And Moses wrote one psalm. Other, there are other psalms, however, that don't actually identify an author at all. So, yeah, if that, if that helps. So, 73 are attributed directly to David, 11 to the sons of Korah. Now, who were they? They served in the sanctuary. So, this is found in 1 Chronicles 9, verse 19. They served in the sanctuary and um, asaph was we're told in first chronicles the person who was in charge of the service of song in the house of the lord so what we have is that for some of these like moses you know he wrote the song that he wrote was like way back in the day so this is just brought into this collection of psalms or songs that the people um the people sang so uh, does that answer your question
2: yeah so Was the Book of Psalms actually started started
4: by Moses? Then, no. It seems to me that the Book of Psalms would have been collected. um, Let me see here. With the life of David, yeah, it would seem that uh, you know he's even mentioned as the sweet psalmist of Israel in Second Samuel twenty three verse one. I'm not sure when they began to collect it. Probably with the time of Moses. I mean, they were collecting the song that Moses wrote. And then as David was writing songs, they, they began to collect those as well. And I'm sure that they didn't collect all the songs that David wrote, the, but there was some sense in which some of these songs were the songs of the people of God, inspired by God and given to them from God.
0: Uh-huh. So who wrote
2: Psalm 22? Did David write that?
4: I believe David did write that. Let me check that real quick. Yeah, this says a psalm of David again in the text, which is why it's so interesting. And probably you know this, but for our listeners who don't, uh, Psalm 22 is so interesting because the words of Psalm 22 are later found on the lips of Jesus as he's hanging on the cross. And, you know, so this is a prophetic psalm. Some people would say there are certain number of psalms which are prophetic or messianic psalms that point forward to Jesus. Uh, and some people say, how many Messianic Psalms are there? My opinion, all the Psalms point to Jesus because we're told in Luke 24 that Jesus set, told how all the Psalms point to him. Well, I'm going I'm to have to let you go because I've got one more caller I want to get to, and it's a prayer request. So thank you for your question and keep reading the Bible. There's a, a great commentary on Psalms, by the way, in the ESV Study Bible that I recommend for you to check out if you have the opportunity to do that. Let's go to our next caller, Erica in Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Erica. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. What can I do for Um, you?
2: Yeah, I was just calling because I wanted prayer for um, my walk with God. Right now, I just kind of feel like I'm stuck. Um, I'm talking to God daily. I've been reading my Bible, and I just feel like I know He's there. I know He's listening. I just don't know why I'm feeling like this.
4: Hmm. You know, my, my pastor, Tom Stipe, I was just reminded the other day, he uh, had this, he had all these quippy sayings they used to say. And one of his sayings that he said, I hadn't heard it in years until somebody mentioned it at his, his funeral the other day. And he said, I never met a feeling I trusted. And I thought that was funny. I don't think it's like gospel truth, but I thought it was, there's something to it. And so I would encourage you don't give up what you don't know, or don't Don't choose what you don't know, or don't give up what you know for that which you don't know. Now, let me say that one more time so it doesn't sound like I'm rambling. Don't give up what you know for what you don't know. In times of darkness, stick with what you know to be true. That would be my advice to you, but let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Erica. I pray for her relationship with you. Lord, I pray that it would be strong, that it would be healthy. Lord, that you'd help her to be rooted and grounded in you. And I pray, Lord, that her feelings would follow and catch up with her faith. But Lord, even in the valley, help her to, to trust, Lord, that you are you are God. Lord, be with her in that time. And Lord, I pray that this would be a time of strengthening for her, that she comes out of at some point in her life and she says, you know what? It was so good for me to walk through that time of struggle because of what God did in my life during that time, the way I learned to trust in him. Lord, I pray for your work in Erica's life and for her heart. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. After to let you go, Erica. We've come to the end of our show, but thanks for calling in. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. have been with you today. Check us out on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday for Father's Day, whitefieldschurch.com here in Longmont, Colorado. I'll be with you next week. God bless you.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.